0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The Dave Damaschek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamaschek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek.
1: Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damaschek. Welcome to the Dave Damaschek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com slash Shack.
0: S-h-e-k. Shek,
1: shek, S-H-E-K, All right, apologies up front. We didn't do the podcast on Monday. It is Tuesday as we record this now, but just the same, we are enthused about Week 8, especially, I wear it on my sleeve. I'm not going to jive you. I root for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, of course, I was over the moon about the performance that I saw out of Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers and what figured to be a tough spot for them. I didn't think they could hang with the Colts, but finally they were able to translate all those yards that they were putting up on offense into some actual points and how 51 points they put up against the Colts. So good stuff there. And of course, as I address on the check report, which should be available for you now at NFL.com, be on the lookout for it. I address the issue of Ben Roethlisberger's, Hall of Fame candidacy, and I think at this point, if you don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame, you shouldn't state that out loud in front of other people because you only embarrass yourself when you do that at this point. He's, the, the numbers now are there for him along with the two Super Bowl rings and everything else. And by the way, it doesn't even matter what the numbers are with a guy like that. He is one of those guys who transcends the numbers. It's about what your gut tells you. Can you really say to yourself that you can't see Ben Roethlisberger going to the Hall of Fame when the voters sit down? Are they really going to deny a guy? All those iconic moments of shaking off would-be sackers to throw touchdown passes. Of course he's going to the Hall of Fame. Now, of course, Week 9 shapes up to be a dandy as the Ravens pay a visit to the Steelers in what is a huge AFC North game. I know it's only halfway through the season, but that's a big one. And, of course, you got Brady v. Payton hooking up. And the surprising game – is the Cardinals and the Cowboys, pretty big in NFC seedings and for two guys, for two teams, hoping to win their respective divisions. This is a big game there as well. We're going to talk about it with uh, Nate Burleson coming up here, our old pal, one of our very favorites of all time from the DDFP. And Bucky Brooks, another one of our favorites. He's been joining us every week here for the last few, and so uh, we'll catch up with him as well to break down this, that, and the other, and what else, black tie behind the glass? We got to talk, oh, talk
2: about Colt McCoy, man. My boy, you, Colt I, McCoy. I can't
1: believe I almost forgot this. I'm bearing the lead, Can black I just say
2: something real quick? You, may. you know I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson and what he does with a sexy deep ball. But yes. before there was Russell Wilson, there was Colt McCoy. I'm not saying he throws a sexy deep ball. All I'm saying is that was the guy who was a big fan of, coming out of him coming out of college. So much confidence body language. That he underm- went out there and he bowled last night.
1: Well, that's true. But I, I, I was going to say it undermines your body language rankings when you say I really had Colt McCoy high on my. No, board. he was high up there. You I know, but it didn't exactly translate into NFL success. Well, at least until, until Monday night of Week Eight. But- I'll say this: you're you're dead on the inside if you ain't happy for Colt McCoy. After what I know that he's, you know, he's had a pretty nice life. He gets to play. In, at the University of Texas, and he's the golden boy. and I don't know if he's married or not. I don't, I don't know if he's married, but I know in college he had a beautiful uh, girlfriend that you always saw, and he's a Heisman candidate. Just the same, though. And I made a lot of money coming out of college and all that, but just the same. To flop and to have everything go your way for the first 21 or so years of your life and then to fall on your face. As they say, the, lar- the bigger they come, the harder they fall. That's a pretty big fall if you're a Heisman candidate and a guy who people are buzzing about as a possible first overall draft pick. And then to flame out in the manner that Colt McCoy did in Cleveland – Good for him landing on his feet and going in, not just and winning an NFL game, but doing it in Texas with all his family and friends there to watch him. On the other hand, Tony Romo, I don't know about the wisdom of putting himself back in the game, but that is purely 2020 hindsight. I completely buy what Romo, what the Cowboys are saying. I mean, you just didn't know what you had. He gets the shot in the back. It looks on the x-ray like he's... Okay to go, if not good to go, but you don't know how well he's going to drive the ball until he gets out onto the field. Obviously, he didn't look great. I wouldn't say he's the reason that they lost the game, though. Kudos to D.C., and more importantly, kudos to one football baby, the baby who picks football games, who lives in my house, and he did it. If you aren't aware of football baby, I encourage you, Nate, the man that you go to NFL.com and look for football baby he picked four football games, and I, you know, I. It, this is an audio um, deal, and so of course, to try and explain what he does, he just picks games. That's all. He's a seer. He's a wizard. He's an oracle. Some are saying.
2: Dave a genius.
1: Thank you. No, and I let, don't
2: mean Dave Dameshek. I mean Football Baby.
1: No, Dave. thank you. AJ Hawk is right. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's not Dave Damashek, right? And I, I'd, I'd like to. Football we, Baby Damashek. Football Baby. We have. We we now have. You know this thing going. I think we need to create a mythology, and maybe we just burn this podcast. I don't want anybody to, to think that he's my blood. I think I, I, we should we should behind the scenes we should figure out a great story, a legend, of football baby of where he was conjured atop a mountain or something like that by by Joe Namath. And I don't know who, who would be who would be the ideal mate for Joe Namath to conjure football baby with Chip you know, Kelly. Well, see that's. I don't know if that's possible. I don't. Do you, I don't know. Did your parents ever <laughs> sit down with you and explain? That, well, well, Joe. Na- well, listen. Well, is
2: that what you're saying? I thought he was creating in a lab type of a deal. But
1: Joe Namath, who made the first guarantee, you know, he guaranteed that. That's prognosticating. So Joe Namath makes sense. He's got the charisma and swagger of football that's baby. That. So that makes sense. I just don't know who the mate for Namath would be. Either way, football baby four and and0 And the good news is football baby is making picks for week nine too he's gonna pick the brady payton game he's gonna pick the steelers ravens game and more so be on the lookout for that right now though let's get into some of these games with our coin flip segment here he comes into studio 66 it's nate burleson Day. All right. This is exciting. Joining us right now in Studio 66, Maximum Strength, one of our all-time favorite guests here on the DDFP, it's Nate Burleson. What's the poop, fella? Glad to be here, baby. I appreciate appreciate you being here. Yes, yes. All right, Nate. Now let's start something else very special. It's our famous coin flip segment. Let's jump into it right now. I ask you important questions. You tell me. Heads and tails with some football-related questions. The first one, your former team, the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers, they have yet to even play one another yet this year. Both, it looks like in a little bit of jeopardy making the playoffs, let's say both the Cowboys and the Eagles do get one of those seeds. One of them's going to claim a wild card. That leaves only one wild card between those two teams. Who's more likely to miss the postseason?
3: Right now, from what I've seen, I would say the Seattle Seahawks. And only because of the weapons that San Francisco has offensively. It's more about both teams not hitting their stride. And when they do hit their stride, who's going to have more weapons to show for it? I feel like with the receiving core that San Francisco has, tight end, Frank Gore back there, and Kaepernick being explosive, they'll have a better chance of making the playoffs The Seahawks just haven't shown me enough. I I don't know what their identity is. I've been watching them trying to figure out, are they a passing team? Are they a running team? Are they going to give the ball to Marshawn? Are they going to make Russell Wilson carry the load on his legs as a quarterback for the rest of the season? All those questions make me question the fact
1: if they're going to make the playoffs. Aren't they two-dimensional on offense? Now, I know this is something we've talked about quite a bit here recently, is it's not that Percy Harvin is getting 15 or 20 touches, but the X factor, the distraction he makes on the field, opens things up for everybody else. Now you take him off, what are you worried about? Marshawn Lynch and the possibility of, like you say, Russell Wilson taking off. Otherwise, nothing else scares you.
3: Listen, people came to me and said, what what do you think about Percy Harvin? And you know, well, he didn't have a lot of numbers. Statistically, he wasn't doing much. It's not always about stats. Mm-hmm. His presence on the field opened up a lot of things. Some of those untimely runs that Russell had, some of those planned runs that Russell had, were because of Percy going in motion. Some of these wide-open receivers were because Percy was taking the top off the coverage or crossing the field, and he attracts so much attention. There's linebackers and safeties and cornerbacks keeping the eye on Percy every time he moved around. So I thought it was a big loss for him. And they might be two-dimensional, and there's been times where they've been absolutely one-dimensional. And I just don't think with that
1: type of play on offense, they can carry that throughout the rest of the year and make the playoffs. All right, let's uh, play a little psychologist for me here. I already have done that. I, it just seems to me Marshawn Lynch isn't the sort of guy who it's been it's been made clear in the media, at least, this is his last year. I think he gets that. The Seahawks definitely Everybody get that. Everybody gets that. So what, he's not that you, you know him. Is he the sort of guy who management says, we have no use for you after this year, so we're going to get every ounce out of you. We're going to just pound you into the ground for the remainder of this season. Is he the sort of guy that's going to be like, okay, whatever you guys need, or is he going to sort of push back at that idea and say, I'm saving myself for brighter days ahead?
3: Well, it's kind of hard to say whatever you guys need when you know you're about to get worn out. How about we use the analogy of vehicles? Say I have a fancy vehicle, right? And I want to get the most value I can from that vehicle. But you, as my friend, say, Let me ride your vehicle out for the next year. Just let me use it up. I want to go cross country. I want to go (laughs) camping. I'm about to party in it. I'm going to have some late nights in it, and it's going to be nasty in there. But when I give it back to you, you can resell it. But it's just not going to be in the same condition. That's essentially what you're saying with the running back position. Hey, Marshawn, we're going to use you up. We know that you want to resell your body, this brand of who you are as an athlete. But after this season, you're not going to be... As fast, as strong, as powerful because you're going to be worn down. It's the running back position. And this isn't a, a glamour back. This isn't a speed mm-hmm. back. This is a brusom, old-school football player. So he is going to be worn down. So I don't think the Seahawks can come in and say, hey, listen, we'll both benefit if you go out there and ball out because the team's going to win and then next year another team will sign you to a big contract. Marshawn's going to say, hey, listen, I'm an older back and I don't want to put that wear and tear on my body. So either we figure out a way for this to
1: work I'm just going to do what I need to do in order to get through the season. Interesting. Um, All right, another big game coming up this weekend is uh, Brady versus Peyton. I don't know if you heard, they have a rivalry. Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, people like to watch when those two go head-to-head. So, all right, whose career would you rather have? How about that coin flip? Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? We're not talking about in the looks department. We're just talking about deeds between the lines.
3: That's a tough one, you know, just because –
1: you look at Peyton and you think stats he's not he's not among the great quarterbacks statistically he will retire with every quarterback record exactly so so
3: for that sense you would say to yourself what type of person am I I have to ask myself would I rather have all the numbers in the world uh, and was it one Super Bowl right mm-hmm
1: Or would I rather have Tom Brady's And deserved or not, a little bit of a reputation for not playing his best when it counts most. Very true. That's the other thing that comes with 18. That is true. I say Tom Brady. You know, I like
3: jewelry. So when you talk about rings and things, uh, those are a big deal to have. I can have all the stats. uh, But stats, they they fade. And and eventually they'll be broken. Now, Peyton is definitely widening that gap. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to rings and people being able to appreciate that, I'm just more of a team guy. So when you walk into my house in my basement and I have my ring case, you're going to look at those rings and obviously pat me on the back and give me praise, but you're also going to be reminded that there was a hell of a team that I played with. And for me, that's more important. So if I had to make a decision, it would be Tom. What, uh, who would look better with the Diamond Studs in both years, Peyton or Brady? It would probably be Brady. He'd probably mm-hmm. wear it with some type of chinchilla uh, bathrobe yes. and, you know, uh, some some cashmere beanies like he he has different type of money. You know, yeah, when he's he's, and he's, he's got a uh, a taste for fashion like you and me. He got a, I think he's killing me though. See, I'm a little bit more low budget. I'm like D grade. He's like A plus. You know, and that's that's different though. It's another both conversation.
1: Are, but but both <laughs> Peyton and uh, and uh, Brady are going to the Hall of Fame. But if you had to choose, and I've asked this to a bunch of NFL players. Yeah talk about fashion would you rather get a gold jacket you can only have one or the other gold jacket or Lombardi trophy and you only get one or the other oh man that is tough
3: <sighs> I'd rather have a Lombardi trophy hmm. there's a, a certain amount of pride exhilaration and winning and maybe was, you know I could date this all the way back to high school I didn't win a high school championship as a team I was a hurdle champion and I got patted on the back for being a fast guy but I'd trade that in for a basketball championship that year in high school, a football championship that year in high school. Didn't go to a bowl game in college. Sniffed the Super Bowl one year and got to the NFC championship. So this is years of me missing out on the ultimate pleasure, which is winning a championship game. So, yeah, that's not even a question, man. I'd, I'd rather be, that joy, just seeing that stuff on the field, the confetti and people smiling. I mean, those are, those are emotions and memories and images that last longer than a, a jacket sitting in your closet.
1: Um, well, see, that's, I always tell the the Hall of Famers, that the, the, you put the jacket in the closet, but what you should do if you're a Hall of Famer is wear it out at what? least Yo, once a week. You better believe I'm you rocking that on, thing. You wear it on dates and stuff. Like, and now, hey, just so you, in case you forgot who you're with tonight. I'm getting custom pants right. to match with it, shoes and all that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be doing a good look, yeah. Um, all right. Last thing is we talk about Lombardi's. Two teams that appear to be in contention in the NFC right now at Halloween. By Christmas, which one will have proven to be a mirage? we will look back and say, can you believe we thought that team was, was in Super Bowl contention? The two teams playing this weekend, the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. Which one of those teams is more likely to fade away in the second half here?
3: I really believe it's all going to depend on Romo and his health. You know, Romo was in a, he was in a groove. He's playing very well. you got to give him credit. He has a lot of weapons. The thing about Arizona that's so intriguing is they're taking care of the ball so well. And, and that's just the first key of, of winning games. If they can continue that then they have to be somebody that that you know is going to be knocking on the door to the playoffs. But right now it's just my gut feeling. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. And not saying that Arizona not a good team. I think they've proven that they're they're not a mirage. And people were thinking that early in the season. But with Des Bryant, Witten, Esco, Williams, um, DeMarco Murray in a healthy Romo, I feel like uh, you know they'll they'll be the team that is going to remain as good as they are I got right you. now. So but this game this weekend is going
1: to be good, man. It's going to be a high indicator of what we all need to know. Isn't that right? This game feels monumental for both oh, these teams. If the Cardinals take a loss and they get their second of the game of the season, they still have to play the Niners and then the Seahawks twice. The, the, the two-game lead they now have on those two teams gets uh, pretty precarious if they drop this one.
3: Listen, as, as a football player going, going for 11 years, I would never really pay attention to other games until it was later in the season just because that's when it counted. And on top of that, I got enough to worry about during the week. I got to film study. I got to get ready for the team I'm playing. I got to focus on my own and off-the-field duties. But this is one of those games. If I was playing, I'm going to be peeking at the score, and if I'm not playing the game, maybe I got a Monday night or a Sunday night, I'm going to be watching this mm-hmm. because there's big-time implications, especially if this is an NFC. So we, we saw what happened in Dallas. And Tony Romo getting banged up. Those zero blitzes that were coming at him look quite crazy. Now the Cardinals, who love the blitz, who are going to bring that heat to the Cowboys, um, it's going to be interesting how both of these teams game plan
1: each other. And I'm actually excited to watch it. Yeah, this is going to be a juicy one in, in a weekend of great games. This is another one that you didn't look at in the preseason and circle that one. This is going to be a dandy game. Maybe the best on the slate in week nine. Last thing for you, it's Halloween so, what is the best costume and worst costume, aka uniform, Nate Burleson ever wore in his career? Well, best and worst. I would say you can go back into college. if I, you want. I would
3: say the best uniform that I wore was uh, Thanksgiving, Detroit. We the had nice we had like the blue ones, the gray, and the, the plain yeah, ones, just, just the silver, just I love plain. Yes. just raw football, and it, that's what it felt like. The worst ones, which was ironically i liked them but how they look to other people it didn't really um go across i know well. which one you're gonna say what am i, what am I gonna say the neon green the neon jerseys. Those Those terrible. terrible and here's the crazy part that was when i was wild nate i was young know, i had a mohawk with colors in it and I, I did a photo shoot me and who's was i'm on the side of a bus city bus with the bright slime green jerseys i liked them just because i knew once the season was over i put that in my closet and my kids would be able to wear it when they get older but uh, yeah,
1: it, th- those are were, those were pretty nasty, though. But oh, but I... the thing about it, it's all about attention, and those sold. So from a marketing standpoint, it was genius. I can't imagine. A receiving core that includes Nate Burleson and T.J. Huchmanzada. Oh, and Deion Branch.
3: You talk about some oh. clowns.
1: Oh, we was having a good oh, time. That had to be a good time. <laughs> hey, the great Nate Burleson, everybody. You can watch him on uh, all over, pretty much, on NFL Media. He's doing gangbusters work. Thanks for the time there, Nate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime.
0: Dave, damn shame.
1: There he goes, the great Nate Burleson. And if you heard some difference in the audio, that's because we're shooting here in Studio 66. Maximum strength!
2: Or just do Studio 66.
1: That interruption is no longer necessary, Black Tie. But I will say this, that, uh, you know, we are at long last up at, uh, at maximum strength, and that's because we're able to shoot video here. You already know that if you go to NFL.com. And or to NFL now you'll see our little videos. They run I don't know three minutes, ten minutes. Who knows what they are? They're too delightful to really pay attention. We've to We've had the a few. Time. We've had
2: Coach's show week eight coaches show. I know you're a big fan of Coach's show. That I, actually, know, the I whole show. Me and my man Zach Dressler outside was produced to come in here and produce the show before. We did a Coach's show NFL now the whole episode. We've done a couple of move the sticks.
1: So in other words, you videos. like the Coach's show better than you like this show yeah. too.
2: I mean. Let's let not let's not get into that. But move the stakes. Also has been up on NFL now for like fifteen twenty minutes. We've done a few DDFPs as well.
1: Yeah, but not for fifteen or twenty yeah. minutes.
2: There's only so much check that the people can take.
1: Wow. Dave. Guess what? The DDFP TV is uh, we shot a uh, we shot with Nate. That's part of it something that will be a long-form sort of show. We'll see when that one gets up there on NFL Now or otherwise, hence the reason for the audio differences. I don't understand them, so I can't uh, explain them to you. But for whatever reason, they exist. Now let's go to Bucky Brooks with uh, with an important item. You know, college football now unveiling its first Final Four projections. So that's what me and Bucky get into right here. (laughs)
2: Dave. da da da
1: Dave. All right. Jumping in with us here in Studio 66 right now. He's become a regular over the last few weeks, and we're better for it. We always enjoy hearing what he's got to say about pro football and college. It's our main man, Bucky Brooks. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, Shaq? Well, Buck, here's what I want to kibitz with you about today. The college Final Four is now out there. This is the week, and we'll see it updated each and every week. Why not do that? with pro football, and uh, the answer to that is rhetorical, because or the answer is we're going to do it is the answer. So, Buck, let's talk about the NFL Final Four on this, the first week of the college football Final Four teams being mentioned. NFC, let's start there. Who do you think is playing in that last Sunday of January?
4: Man, that's tough. I think the Dallas Cowboys are there because I think they're – Formally for winning games puts them in a situation where they can beat any team. I think they can travel on the road or or play at home with that style. I think they're in the dance. That mm-hmm. second team, I, I'm right now. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Arizona Cardinals, and the reason I lean towards the Cardinals, their defense is lights out. They're playing with a ton of injuries and still being able to lock people up. Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald is reemerging as a talented mm-hmm. star, and then Andre Ellington in the running game. I think right now in the Final Four in the NFC side, you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals, and they match up this weekend, so we get a preview of what could be the NFC championship yeah, game. Yeah,
1: that's something, and you and I have talked about Todd Bowles and the uh, miracles he's working. Let's keep in mind Darrell Washington, Darnell Dockett, some key pieces, Patrick Peterson not delivering as the so-called best corner in the NFL, and yet that defense is dominant, like you say. And the best thing that can happen for them and the thing that would give them the best shot at uh, being one of those two teams that's still around in uh, in title weekend there is if the Niners and Seahawks can sort of cancel each other out by beating one another in their two head-to-heads, that would give both those teams four losses. That means even if the Seahawks did sweep the Cardinals in their head-to-heads, they still would be a game behind the Cardinals. So it's so I, I think you're on the right track there. I'm going to go with the Packers, though. The Packers are still going to be around. Their two lo- Two of their three losses are in the two toughest road environments that there are, New Orleans and seattle so if you if they don't have to go through those two places and i don't think they're going to have to because the the saints are likely if they win the division in the south they're going to be the four seats so everything mm-hmm. will run through lambo if the saints have to travel there they'll be i would imagine especially in chile lambo in january that they'll be overmatched there against aaron Rodgers and that place. you
4: know it's tough though because the way the Saints played on Sunday night is the version that I'm used to seeing, the version that I is agree. really the most dangerous version of the Saints offense. Running the football, Mark Ingram had a huge game, mm-hmm. and if you go all the way back to when the, the year they won the Super Bowl, it's because they were balanced. They were a team that finished in the top five in rushing game, and you still had Drew Brees able to throw to those weapons on the outside. So much of what they do offensively is really predicated on the run and run action and being able to throw deep off play action fakes. When they have just a semblance of a ground attack with Mark Ingram giving them that now they're a dangerous team to deal with and also we saw a defense that played much much better against Aaron Rodgers and company
1: I think you're going to end up seeing the Packers host the Arizona Cardinals get ready for that that's a what about the Cowboys that's a bold prediction I didn't include the Cowboys what's, wrong, what's wrong with the Cowboys it was, it was not an accident there Buck it you was don't not, think the Cowboys? And I got one more for you you want bold I got two more bold things okay, to say one Seahawks aren't going to the playoffs yeah they're going to be six and three after they take care of Oakland and the Giants at home but then their tough road begins and they got a few coming through the clink, but they got some tough road tests. Arizona, the Bengals, San Francisco. It's gonna to be too much for them to overcome. On the AF side AFC side, Buck, right now as it seeds out, you got the Broncos and Pats, ho hum. But I, I you know, I, like I say I got a bold prediction for you, but lay it on me, who do you think's playing on that uh, championship Sunday? I'm gonna
4: go chalk. I think the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots in the playing an AFC championship game. I think what we're seeing from the New England Patriots is we're beginning to see the offensive version that we expected to see. Rob Gronkowski is getting healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon LaFell is developing a chemistry with Tom Brady. That allows Julian Edelman to get back to being what he truly is, which is the number three option in the passing game. So now with the pieces working together, you begin to see Tom Brady have a lot of time, seeing more explosive plays. And the discovery of Jonas Gray giving them a Mm -hmm. running attack, they now have the ability to kind of play the style of game they want to play. But it's that defense that I really like. Darrell Revis, Brandon Brown have been able to lock up, sometimes put nine men in the box to stop the run. Bill Belichick can really go back and use some of the things that he used. The early 2000s when they won three out of four, they can go back and use some
1: of those Yeah, schematics. but the difference is the defense isn't as good, especially with Mayo out of there. They don't, stu- they don't stuff the run the way they used to, and that's going to be their undoing as it mm-hmm. has been and definitely was last year. You watch a game just like in Foxborough last, last year. The Broncos went in there. They didn't win the game, but they exposed how you beat the Patriots, and that just grinded them yeah, on the Yeah, the ground. Broncos
4: aren't necessarily a team that I will worry about in terms of being able to grind it out because the Broncos aren't committed to running the right. football teams. that are committed to kind of grinding it out. Like if Pittsburgh was to get in, they had the two-headed monster and LeGarrette Blount and and Le- Bell being able to play physically like that. But really, when I look in the AFC – there aren't many smash and dash teams that really like to run it up, you know, run it up the gut and really pound you like that. Cincinnati can do it, but I don't know if mm-hmm. any of us believe that Cincinnati can go to Foxborough and win a game, a big game with Andy Dalton at quarterback. And so for me, I believe it's kind of like a a red carpet road for the Patriots to roll to the championship hmm. game.
1: Well, here it is. I promised you bold mm-hmm. Buck. And here it comes. The Indianapolis Colts have lost their last game of the 2014 regular season. I didn't say Super Bowl. I said regular season. Mm -hmm. They're going to run the table now the rest of the way. As I said before the season kicked off, they will be the number one seed. Everything will go through there. And you know who's going to pay them a visit? Peyton Manning. That's not just wishful thinking as a football fan. That's the reality, Buck. The Broncos are going to be the number two seed if they can hold on and win that division. Not a given, Mm -hmm. but I'll take the, the, uh, the Broncos to win the division and be the two seed, and then they're going to have to journey Peyton going back to the house that he built with the Super Bowl trip on the line against the kid Luck. Can it get any better than that answer? No.
4: Well, I like Indianapolis, and I do believe that you have some valid points when you talk about the Colts in them being the number one seed just because they play in a weak division. Mm-hmm. They'll roll through that division. They'll accumulate a ton of wins, and they probably will get the number one seed. Depending on who the fifth and sixth seeds are, really determines whether – because if I'm Indianapolis Colts, I don't want to see San Diego come in there. Nope. And correct. even though they want to shoot out with Kansas City last year, I don't really know if they want to necessarily mess with that. And also Cincinnati. So, for me, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I don't know if they're necessarily constructed to be a team that wins it in the Final Four. I like what Pep Hamilton has done to that offense. I just don't know. I'm not all the way sold that the Colts are the premier team in the AFC outside of the Denver Broncos. Well,
1: if we're speculating about juicy playoff matches, how about a rematch with Pittsburgh? Boy, that was a lot of fun to watch on Sunday.
4: It was a lot of fun to watch. I think what we saw is Big Ben finally had the opportunity to throw the ball all, Mm -hmm. all over the yard. And I've always believed this with the Steelers. There will be a much different team the latter half of the year when those young guys grow up on defense Mm -hmm. than the first half. And I think that we're seeing them play better. But now when you can put up the kind of points that they put up with big man throwing the ball all over the yard. You saw Brian, saw Antonio Brown, you saw Lance Moore and all the other guys and still having the ability to use Le'Veon Bell as kind of a dual prong playmaker. I like Pittsburgh.
1: All right, long way to go before the playoffs actually arrive. In the meantime... I think some good stuff from me and Buck, but more from me. I was right. <laughs> Dave, damn a shit. All right. So there goes the great Bucky Brooks, and uh, and here we go, too. We'll get uh, we'll get out of here, but we will be back to pick all those big week nine games. Speaking of picks, be on the lookout for football babies picks. They will be up on NFL.com. Before the work week is out, also be on the lookout for the Sheck Report at NFL.com and Black Tie before we get out of here. I want to get more into it. I want you to get LaDainian Tomlinson in here. The season of the NBA – you know, the NBA season doesn't really matter what the results are in the first couple weeks anyway. But sooner rather than later, let's get LT in here because he loves talking NBA ball, and so do we. But in the meantime, lay it on me, Black Tie. What's your uh, your NBA Finals pick? That is way too out there. NBA Finals, you got to see how This is what you do out. before th- – well that's well, not fair. Well, that's not you don't I get to correct. you don't get to watch games and then make your well, prediction.
2: I, well, yeah, because if not, you're just calling out names and seeing what sticks. You gotta see how the are. Black guy's the guy who
1: walked out of the sixth sense and said like I knew that he was dead the whole time after he's already yeah, seen that what do you you need to see the finals and then and then you'll be like, I had a hunch this might happen. <laughs> Man, this is what's called predicting. That's uh, yeah. what you do when you predict. All
2: right, they're baseless, but I'll do this. I would go with the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: And going up
2: against the. um, This is tough. It's definitely between the Cavs or the Bulls. But I would go with. um,
1: There's zero posses. I mean, really. 0.0% chance any team other than the Bulls or. Yeah,
2: I'm going to go with the Bulls just because Kyrie and Love obviously haven't played playoff ball before, and they're both injury-prone and not really great at defense. So I think the, the Bulls, Bulls
1: assuming, uh, as everybody Bulls and gives this, everybody gives the caveat if Derrick Rose is right. But if Derrick yeah. Rose is right, then they'll certainly be the number one seed. It'll take a while for, I would, have thi- I would think. But, you know, keep in mind, LeBron with a bum lineup. His last time in Cleveland, everybody forgets this, and this is why Black Tie, you and I, all through the spring and before he made the announcement, kept saying, it's not the end of the world. LeBron can still win. In, but how could LeBron ever win in Cleveland? He took yep. that bum te- the bu- Booby Gibson and company. Boobie he Gibson, took yep. he took those teams to the finals. He certainly can get to the finals with Kevin Love and uh and uh I mean listen, it it's not as simple as Kyrie and Love. They have some nice pieces. They're not all superstar players, but they've got some nice high-end young Players in that rotation. No, their
2: floor is definitely losing to the Bulls in the conference finals. If they if they lose in anything less than six, right. seven games Agreed. to the Bulls, that's a failure for sure.
1: Although it would be fun to root for right now. It's fun to say, let's see the Heat and the, I do. And the Cavs do. I am. I am looking
2: forward to the Heat Heat Cavs second round matchup. That's going to be epic. Yeah, yes. that's I what i I can I'm, see I'm, I'm that thought. totally happening.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I, I'm going to go with. Oh, so and, and so? Who'd you say? So who'd you say? I go you know, Clippers West? and
2: uh, Clippers. Oh, clips, clips. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think Doc Rivers again, second year. Blake Griffin's going to have an MVP type season.
1: What's a big deal for them? Yeah, I said this the day they signed him, Spencer Hawes. That's oh, yes. a big one. Yeah, I know he's, he's
2: never played with a guy like Spencer Hawes. Blake Blake Griffin. I'm saying. So, I mean, listen,
1: they they now have rugged depth uh, up front, and that's a huge factor, obviously. But they better get it done. If they're going to get it done with Chris Paul, they better get it done. This year, or so you know he's he's got a lot of tread on those tires. He does, he does. Um, but Blake Griffin may ascend even higher I this do year. Think he does. And, and but then again, so may Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. I
2: think they're going to regret not trading Klay Thompson for Kevin Love. I mean, if that's if the rumors are true that they turned that down, then they are crazy being the Warriors. I mean, I you got to get Kevin Love.
1: But you know, teams there 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 are certain teams in sports that suffer injuries at the wrong time and it seems like it happens perennially they're a little snake bitten golden state feels like one of those teams two straight years they lose david lee two years ago and then they lose andrew bogey last, last year the
2: last it- year actually as well david lee was out and he came back sooner was that last year or the year before that he came back sooner than expected i believe it was last year
1: well both no well bogus yeah. tried they d- both if, always hurt. if those guys would be right up front for them with uh with what you have in clay thompson and uh steph curry i mean you you would yeah. figure they should be able to light it up that said i'm going with the san antonio spurs in a repeat they will play lebron's Cavs. In the finals, and I say the Spurs get it done. They repeat. This is something that Popovich is is masterful, obviously, at at dangling the carrot at the right time. And um, I feel like at this point in in all three of their uh, their big three, um, long in the tooth, not the Tony Parker's ancient or anything, but I think for this iteration of the Spurs to be able to say, "Hey guys, let's do something we've never done before. Let's repeat." and send Tim Duncan off into the sunset properly, I think the uh, the Spurs will do it. I
2: just don't think that's as strong as an impetus as it was, hey, let's avenge the Miami Heat.
1: Agree, but they're still you a know? good and team. I mean, if, if Leonard can I, continue to play at the level he played in the spring.
2: Fair enough. And the one team, though, that does give him trouble is the Thunder. And assuming they're healthy come playoff time, which they were not last year with the Baca being out, I think the, th- the Thunder take him out.
1: All right, well, listen. Uh, the, uh, the NBA is starting up, NHL hockey is underway, college Very football, opening, pro football. Very opening uh,
2: schedule for the NBA, though, on here on Tuesday. They have the uh, Mavs and Spurs. Eh. And then the Lakers and Rockets, the Lakers.
1: <laughs> Blah. I know. Oh yeah, let's watch the uh, let's watch the league's twenty sixth best team play somebody. Yeah, that's a, what a way weird. to kick the season off. Um, all right. Well, listen. Thanks to Nate Burleson. Thanks to Bucky Brooks. Thanks to you, black tie behind the glass. We'll be back.
2: Thanks to our crew here back here. Oh yeah, who helped out show. with the DDFP
1: TV? Zach Dressler,
2: a main man. Johnny Tricaster, who works like the the cameras stuff. Johnny Tricaster. That's what we call him. Yeah.
1: And Fout's tie. I yep. love it.
2: Greg Goldman helped uh, did a great job on the audio. Well, Still working on the Thanks to
1: all those games. fellas. And uh, as always, we will be back with our second podcast of the week. We do that on Thursdays. It's the Red Challenge flag segment with Handsome Hank and Elliot Harrison to pick all the games for you for Week 9. Like I already have said, there are a bunch of dandy ones, so make sure you don't miss that. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.